You're listening to the Contemplative Podcast. Welcome to the Contemplative Podcast with me, Matt Emery. If you're new uh, after this podcast, please do delve into our back catalogue with guests such as Joet Beving, Michael Price, Hannah Pill, Sophie Hutchings, Edith Everson, Sebastian Plano, and many, many more. And you can find more content about everything ambient, classical, minimal, electronic, and everything in between at Contemplating Classical. We have an Instagram and a Spotify playlist regularly updated with new releases and you can also head over to headphone commutes blog to read and listen to a whole host of new music so in this episode i chat with adam viltsey of a wing victory for the sullen who i've had the privilege to see live uh, many times and their records are a regular listen on my stereo we chat about how they met their albums undivided five and atomots which was written as a soundtrack for wayne mcgregor's choreography of the critically acclaimed dance piece of the same title uh, we talk about playing at the proms, their long-term collaboration with friend Francesco Donadello, their upcoming two shows this May at the Barbican and Wimbledon Tennis and so much more. As always, there'll be music along the way from various A Wing Victory for the Sullen releases, starting with a new single titled All Our Friends Are Vampires, out now on Ninja Tune. Adam, welcome to the Contemplative Podcast. It's a privilege to have you on. Uh, firstly, yeah, how, how are you doing? How, how are things? Hanging in there. Yeah. Cool, cool. And um, yeah, we're here to talk about uh, sort of a wing victory. And um, we'll start at the beginning, if that's okay. Like, how did you and Dustin first come to meet and, and start making music together? So uh, back in 2007, I was playing in a band called Sparkle Horse. And we were on tour in, in Italy. And there's a sort of a connection. Well, I invited this old friend named Francesco Donadella, who subsequently became the guy that records all our records. And Frank uh, had a, I said, you want to come to the show? He's like, yeah, can I have a plus one? I said, sure. And then at the after the show, we went backstage and that's where I met Dustin. He was Frank's plus one at the show. And yeah, he was living in Italy and they were both living near Bologna at the time. Got to be friends and yeah, we got together and started, you know, creating some sort of, I wouldn't say we were wanting to start a project together or anything, but we had a kind of this whirlwind weekend where we got together and just just made made a few songs, which ended up being like kind of like the first first uh, few songs on the on the first record. And it just happened so uh, easily that we decided, hey, this is, we like this. We both liked it and wanted to keep doing so. Then we spent the next two years and worked on that first record that, the one with the tits that everyone calls it. 
And and how does it work at the moment? I realise um, you're living in Belgium, and I, I I think I'm right in saying Dustin lives in Iceland. Do you do you get together for writing sessions, or do you kind of do quite well, a lot well, remotely? Not, I mean, not so much the past few years, but we still we're still working on music. You know, we, uh, yeah, you know, but it, it's not that far. It's only a two hour plane flight. I mean, he we, the first I've always been in Belgium, but. Uh, uh, he was so after Italy, then he was living in Berlin and, you know, again, that's an hour flight. So we did get together a lot more then. But, you know, since the the lockdown and everything, I think, we've, well, I don't know if anyone really likes to travel anymore, but yeah. we certainly don't travel that much. So uh, we haven't really gotten together that much, but we still are writing music. So cool. And and I read, um, remember, sort of your your album you released, uh, the Undivided Five. You had actually recorded in quite a few different countries and spaces. The um, reason for sort of recording in in many different sort of spaces and countries was that was that to get a certain sound, or were you actually was that due to like diary commitments or? Well, some of it initially was probably connected to to, to the pianos that were available in that. And then some of it was connected to like an ambience in a church. So there's these sort of specific things with each place we recorded that was the reason we went there. mentioned uh francis Don- donadello sorry if i've said his name wrong there. Yeah. yes yeah. uh um he seems to be obviously quite an important part of wing victory and well you know he... he brought us to he brought us together so he he's mixed all of our records and you know recorded some some bits and bobs but he's the final he's always been the final mix engineer for everything we've done and it's it's uh He's got good ears. He's a great mixer. And it's nice that when you come to the end of the journey of each recording cycle that you have some fresh ears in a sense to sort of that you trust. Yes. Trust is important. Yeah. And how, how did you get to meet Francesco? Was that, um, I guess. I met him in Italy. Even I had this other project, this record I did back in the early 2000s called The Dead Texan. Yeah. And... Frank put on the show when I played in in uh, Bologna, actually, or helped helped put on the show basically, and that's how we met him. I stayed at his house, and we, you know, he was playing drums in this uh, pretty well known. I don't know what you call it, prog, prog band, some something. I don't know what you describe, how you describe this band, but they were called Giardini di Miro, pretty well known Italian. No post rock, that's it, post rock. Yeah. And so I used to see him around Europe, and we got to be friends, and yeah. Awesome. Does does he ever join join you on the live the live kind of? Yeah, on the last all? tour, he, he did modular synthesis on the on the two thousand. What was that? Two thousand twenty. Yeah, the tour that led us up to the the day before day before the COVID lockdown for for the world. You know, we we were about to go on this like sixty run uh, tour. I mean, you know, this is not a unique story. I mean, everyone that was in a band got got uh, rude awakening. 
but uh, so we did this European tour that literally ended like on the 7th of March in Brussels. And then two days later, the, you know, the world shut down. At least, at least it did in Belgium. Yeah. And you've got two upcoming shows at the Barbican here in London. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? Obviously, they're two standalone shows. Um, you've also got uh, Sheila Shahabi and uh, Clarice Jensen, who Clarice was the last guest on the podcast and Sheila's also been on previously. So have you been wanting to do those for quite a while and it's just been a while till you can actually... Yeah, we were, there were, the, well, the only shows that we had scheduled for the later, they were supposed to be, we were supposed to do those two shows in... Um back in the end of 2020 and you know honestly we neither of us have time to go out do another long tour so we just wanted to just sort of do a couple do a couple shows play some of the invisible cities we never got to play we haven't played you know in three years that was the last time we played it was in in brussels in 2020 so just that and there's not really a big diabolical plan it's just one, Chris Sharp, the, the curator at the Barbican, has always been very supportive and he encourages us to come out and try to play again. Awesome. And you've got um, you've got Shards joining you, um, Clarice's Acme Strings, and also um, you've got Brass Ensemble also. Like, um, do you get to practice that beforehand or is it literally kind of turn up? Uh, and it's all... Not a lot. We have what, like a rehearsal the day before the show. But I'll go, I'll go to Iceland for, for a few days to make sure me and Dustin are okay and then we'll go to London. Claris, we've played with many times over the years, so she she'll be fine. The, the London Brass too, they played with us at proms back in 2015. And we also played the last time we played Barbican was the end of 2015. I believe it was December. And uh so they know the material. So the new ele- the really the new element is uh the voices. Yes. But uh yeah shards are I mean Kieran that runs shards, I mean he he knows what he's doing. So Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned the proms there. I was actually at that show. Um was that quite a special one? Obviously Mary Ann Hobbs was also um presenting that one. I well, think it was Mary Ann Hobbs. The, the 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 depth of you know what was going on. Uh, usually you think with something like that live on telly and on, on the radio and it was uh, such a momentous event that it was just going to be a terrible show but some it sounded great in there and we had a we had a really good time just released a new single all our friends are vampires is that kind of to sort of promote the uh the the shows or is yeah there, it's is just that... kind of to promote the show we had some new music and uh just it was a little bit different the of what we've been doing lately and it just seemed like a good time to just release a single i mean it's 
this day and age, when I mean, it's nice to have a label like Ninja Tune that'll just support you and let you do a single. Yeah. I, I did wonder, is, is that is that a, a first snippet of something new or is that literally a standalone single as it? Uh, well, it's a stand, right now it's a standalone single. Cool. Um, so I know you and Dustin have written a lot for Picture, um, but I sort of did want to chat a tiny bit about Atomos because obviously that is a score for Wayne McGregor, who's choreography. Like how how different is it to score dance compared to writing for picture and film? Well, luckily, you know, when we we hooked up with Wayne, I mean, he pretty much left us alone and let us just create the first 30 minutes. So just to give him a chunk to start writing to. So basically, we didn't really have to write to dance. We, so I have to be honest, I think we cheated a little bit. We were able to just go in our, our cocoon and write something that we loved give it to him and then he was able to start writing to it and there were some bits towards the end that he had a little bit more I don't know I would say like something like Atomos 6 with the pulse and the drive that he needed a little bit more dynamics to happen so that's one thing it's not even just dance it's just when you collaborate whether it's a film or a commissioned piece there's going to be other voices uh, involved but Wayne is a great guy and he's got good taste so he, he was absolutely very easy to work with and would you like to do more of that uh, sort of? Uh, I mean, I'm not so sure. Uh, yeah, honestly, I mean, we had a really good uh, experience with them, and I, I, I mean, I, I, I can appreciate dance, but I, I, it's been an acquired taste for me. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a novice when it comes to enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. But we did do the, there was a dance involved with the Invisible Cities project, but that was there were so many moving parts that I didn't really have the same connection with the dance that I did with Wayne. Did you did you get um so was the was the dance all filmed or or did you compose the music and then they put the moves to the You're talking about for Invisible Cities? Uh well for both really. I just I just wondered um yeah for well for starters for I'm not really composing as they're dancing. That doesn't really I just don't really know how to do that. No, no. But, uh, you know, I can give sketches and then maybe there could be a little bit of collaboration going, but mostly I'm, you know, it's trial and error a bit. You know, yeah. I've, I've never been wanting to, I mean, I'm definitely in, there's workshops where you go in and see movements and you think about things and you talk about things for sure. But composing while they're dancing, I, like improvisation stuff, I've never been very good at. Cool. So, so mostly you compose the score and then sort of they would then. Yeah, they would. But I mean, like that. I said, there is some back and forth, look, some yeah. changing and thinking about, okay, this is going to happen here. Can we maybe move in this new direction or something like this? So there's definitely a lot of metaphorical moving of parts in, in both in both sides. So.
and and I've got a, a question actually, just a per, a personal question that I, I wondered whilst watching. It might be more of a, a question that might be easier for Dustin to answer, but um, in the film Lion, I remember watching it quite clearly at cinema and, and remember uh, two of your pieces, I think it was Atomus 7 and 12, were used in the soundtrack for that. I just wondered, um, did that come about by the director sort of being... Yeah, he was, a, he, a really big, he was a really big fan of Wayne Good for the song. And so, uh, you know, Dustin and, and Volker are mostly credited for the score, but I also worked on the score with them. Yeah. Seven and twelve. Isn't there one more? I think there's one. Is it just seven and twelve? I know those are the ma the main prominent ones. I thought maybe there was one other one, but maybe I'm I'm confused. But uh, yeah, I mean, that that was a that was a great project. I mean, the actually, ironically, it was playing on Belgian TV then, and I hadn't seen it in ages. It's it's an amazing film, and there's yeah, it's a great the, film. Uh, the I think the score really lends to it. As I say, I was just I just very remember being in the cinema. And uh, I think it was Atmos 7 came on. I think he's walking down the tracks and I straight away picked that one out. And uh, yeah, it was just one of those things that I thought I would love to ask because I remember sitting in the cinema asking, I wonder how that came to be. So yeah, thank you. for Yeah, the director that. was a big fan of uh, the, the, yeah, the Atmos score. So pff, simple as that. I mean, yeah. ironically, most people, I think, well, you, you're you in England and you're a little, you know, Wayne is pretty, well, Wayne's known everywhere, but more often than not, anytime I've ever talked to anyone about it, I was, no one actually has any idea that it was actually a score for a dance piece. Oh. <laughs> they just think it's a record. Yeah, I suppose it, it's a funny one because I suppose that a lot of people, yeah, won't know that, that it's actually is is a piece and, you know, people will find it, especially online and listen to that and, and have no idea that, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad it's, it can sit on its own, of course. I mean, it's like even like a, like a movie score, you know, you have your scores and then you release a score and uh, well more often not I would say with movie scores I'm not so sure how well they do without the with, you know they I feel like more often than not they're kind of missing the picture you know because it's yes. they're so so that's a that's a really tough one can it have a second life by itself without the visuals so that's that's always a challenge And, and away from music, is there anything you like doing when not doing music? I, I, I did read that you were a sort of, uh, I don't know if it was professional, professional tennis player? Well, I wasn't professional, but I wanted to be. It was my first love when I was a kid. My godfather won Wimbledon in 1963. Oh, really? Wow. So I still played, still played tennis and then mostly living out in the countryside now, so a lot of gardening. So it sounds, it sounds very English. <laughs> yeah. Have you been to Wimbledon? Yeah, uh, yeah, I have. It's, it's incredible. Cool. cool. Wimbledon, oh, Roland Garros. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, they're both beautiful, but I really love Roland Garros with the red clay. It's absolutely stunning. Yeah. 
Oh, amazing, amazing. So do you still play now or? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. still play. Great. And um, and and last question is, um, what else do does Wing Victory and, and you have coming up up this year? Obviously, you've got the two shows at Barbican. Is there anything else that you can tell us about? That is it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put a fork in it. Yeah. We're done. Awesome. Well, so it's, it's an absolute privilege to be able to chat to you. And yeah, thank you for an- answering the questions. And um, we look forward to seeing you at Barbican. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for talking. No problem. Thank you. Thank you.